Live from the Easter Hangover, it's your girl, Audacious Adri. I'm Audacious Adri. I'm inching closer to my mid-30s and my knees couldn't agree more. I live in LA, my depression is cured, and I'm trying my hardest to find free parking. Let's navigate through our spiritual, physical, and mental health so we can live our best lives, yeah? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Audacious Adri Show. I'm Audacious Adri, and we're here. We are here to discuss mental, physical, and spiritual health. We're going to have an honest conversation about it, and we want to just improve it so that you can live your best life, okay? You can find me on social media. You can find me at Audacious Adri Show on IG, at Audacious Adri Show on YouTube, and at Audacious Adri on Twitter. We can also, if you want to go the extra mile, if you're an overachiever, if you like extra credit, become consider becoming a patron on my Patreon, patreon.com slash Audacious Adri Show for extra content, challenges, book clubs, coaching, all of your dreams come true on Patreon. And I will say that, okay? Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm coming off of a Easter, a wonderful, amazing Easter. Like y'all, I don't even know what to say. Um, it's just, it's just so much to say. Um, I, I want to go through, I want to kind of like recap my weekend and it's a, it's just highs and lows. So, um, it's just like, it feels so far away, but also it's like still so fresh. I literally just awoke from a nap (laughs) because I've been so busy since Saturday. Like Saturday had stuff to do. Sunday had stuff to do. Monday had stuff to do. Tuesday had stuff to do. And this is like the first night that like, I just came directly home after work and just, I took a nap. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take advantage of this privilege of taking a nap. And it was wonderful. So I'm, I'm a little bit more mellow than I, than I normally am. And that I was last week when I had caffeine. Y'all remind me never to have caffeine past like seven o'clock. Okay. Cause I was on one. Okay. <laughs> so, um, Saturday I, I will, I'm going to roll it back a little bit. And this, I, I really want to encourage you all. This is truly like, I feel like the past five or six episodes have just really been me wanting to encourage you all and praise God for that because who doesn't need encouragement, right? And I just want to say one day I'll tell the full, full, the full story, but I want to say that God came through on something on Saturday that I've been praying for, for probably like technically it's been a year. I've been praying for this thing for a year. Um, it's been in my psyche, like it's been something in the back of my mind, um, pretty much since I came to California. It was, I'll say this, it was a fear, and hold on to that, right? Fear, it was a fear that I had before, it was a fear that I had that kept me from making movement in my life for many years, okay? Y'all see, God is so good. I didn't even think about this until now. It was a fear that kept me that kept me stagnant, that kept me in the same place uh, for many, many years. And that fear came true. But what God's not going to do is not work things for your good. And it worked things for my good and for God's glory. Now I can come to you with a testimony and and say that 
the fear did come through come true but what came out of the fear coming true was me learning how to persevere there's a scripture in the bible that says that we're supposed to endure and persevere so that we are complete and lacking in nothing and i will say that going through that fear and all of the emotions like if you read any of the psalms i mean like just like david i felt despair i felt repentance i felt uh unrest i felt like it was my fault i felt shame i felt dishonor i felt everything and then there was points where i was like god you are so good i don't even deserve to be experiencing this there was times that god god's presence and god's glory was so thick i was like wow i don't care god whatever you know what this is where i am i thank you i know you're gonna bless me but if you don't bless me if this is not if this is the situation for the rest of my life god you are still good and it really showed me like it, like Paul says, I believe in Corinthians. I could be wrong. Please, for please, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But it says I have learned how to survive any situation. I'm paraphrasing like very loosely. I can have a lot. I can be be wealthy and abundant, and I can have nothing. But at the end of the day, um, at the end of the day, and at the beginning of the day, I can do all things through Christ. And I, I had that in my mind, and I had it on the front of my mind. That God can do anything. That with with man things are impossible. With God, all things are are, are possible. So I learned how to just per, go get just just take it day by day. Stop trying to control and let God work. And and the moment that I became comfortable, I said, you know what, my situation's not so bad. God came through and was like, Phew, you're in your new you're in your new season. A prayer answered, prayer granted access granted and it happened so fast it happened so fast and it reminds me of this scripture in amos 9 no one ever talks about amos it says it'll happen so fast your head will swim and i, I really encourage you to read amos 9 i think it's amos 9 15 you know what this is the encouraging episode we're gonna bring it up we're gonna look it up we're gonna look it up gonna look it up <laughs> Um, Amos 9.15. This is the encouraging episode because I don't know if any of you are coming here with despair, with the issue, with some troubles. If you're being troubled right now, I want to encourage you that the Lord is so faithful. It may not happen when you want it to happen. It may not happen in that moment. You feel you may feel like you can't make it, but I really want to encourage you to push through and don't give up. Let me tell you something, y'all. I wanted to give up for like six months I, I thought about giving up every single day for like six months my birthday came around in december i didn't even talk about it i didn't even tell anybody i was like my birth i'm not, i was like what do i have to celebrate and that was my fault because i had plenty to celebrate i was uh, the lord changed my mind and changed my perspective shortly after but i i just was so sad and so miserable and i was tired and getting weary and it hadn't even been that long that i had been dealing with this thing but um I was I was wildin' though, but I mean, you, God God knows that we are emotional creatures. You know, He made us. He understands. If you if you read the Psalms, like just David just gushed all of his emotions, and I, I truly believe that God is as a I mean, God is a compassionate God, and He's an empathetic God, and He understands that we are who we are. And and, and there's a verse that says Jesus hasn't been tempted you have not been tempted beyond anything that jesus has been tempted on like jesus was a full human fully human fully god but he experienced these same emotions that we've experienced so 
I find hope in knowing that Jesus experienced what we experienced, but he got through it. He pushed through and God is good. God is so good. But I want to read to you. I would like to read to you this scripture. I heard this scripture sometime last year and it really just rocked my socks. And this was definitely something that encouraged me. I was supposed to be telling y'all about my weekend and here I am preaching a whole sermon. Okay, here we go. Amos 9, 13 to 15. And I'm not a message Bible person. It's just not my favorite because it's a paraphrase and not a version, but it just, it gets the point across on this. So this is what we're going to read. Okay. Um, yes, indeed, it won't be long now, God's decree. God's decree. Things are going to happen so fast your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of another. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once. I'm laughing because this is truly my freaking life. It'll happen so fast you need a nap. That is not what the message is saying. That is what Adria is saying, okay? And everywhere you look, blessings. Blessings like wine pouring off the mountains and hills. I'll make everything right again for my people, Israel. It, I just, I just... I don't even know what to say, but that is how faithful God is. So, so, so my head was swimming on Saturday, had some plans on Saturday, some beautiful, amazing God ordained, like only God could do this. Only God could put these, you know, put this person in front of me and vice versa. Amazing. Sunday was Easter. I found out Saturday though, while I was at a lovely dinner with a friend that my childhood pastor passed away and um I haven't really said much on social media I mean there's been lovely tributes literally all weekend um but I haven't quite dived dove 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 dived you know English English is a fun language right um I haven't quite opened up about it but I will open up here I will say that it was just a lot like it I found out just, you know, scrolling along social media, which is the fun part about social media. Um, I, I obviously am sad. Like this man was a phenomenal, his name is Dr. David C. Rourke. And he has been in a pastor. He was my grand, my, my mother's pastor and my father's pastor and my grandparents pastor. So he's been in my life for my whole entire life. He's been in my mom's life for her entire life. And he's been in my grandparents' life for 60 years. He's been their pastor for 60, six decades. Like, can y'all even just think about all the decades that I've passed? 60 is is the 60s. So he's been around since the 60s, the, you know, what's going on in the 60s, 70s, the 80s, the 90s, all the things that have been going on in our families, all the things that have been going on in our church. And he was the superintendent of it. Like there's a network of churches all over the, all over the country. And he was like the head honcho in charge of all the churches. So just all the issues that people have, like pastoring is a people, it's a people job. It's the people business. It's not just about praying and about raising offerings and reading the word. It's about dealing with people and all of their emotions and all of their traumas and all of their things and he did it for six years also while having a full-time job so he didn't even like there was a point where he worked he worked went to a job and then came instead of going home and putting his feet up and watching the game he came to church in rochester new york in the cold and and stayed there and ministered to hard-headed people like people that he knew 
was pre- preaching the word from the Lord and wasn't going to listen to him. People that knew talked behind his back, but then came to him, asked him to pray for him. People that criticized him when he made moves that were for the for their good and that God told him to do. They had no idea that God told him to do that. And I'm convicting myself right now. I am. I am truly. I'm true because I do this too. We've all done it, you know. And I'm kind of. Let me tell y'all something. It's hard for me because it's not hard for me. I don't want to say that. It's an interesting thing because Elder Rourke was such a such a phenomenal pastor. It just it's like having a really good dad and like dating somebody like being like your dad's like okay here you are like a butterfly go be a butterfly you're off to explore the world and then you go date and you're like my dad will fix it like you're not you're not doing it let me call my dad (laughs) I don't know if anybody can relate y'all but it's just so it's I'm just being transparent here I struggle as God has planted me in different places that are not where I grew up and not what I'm used to. And sometimes I don't have grace for people that don't have the experience, don't have the, 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 they're not, they're not Dr. They're not Elder Rourke. So I often assume, well, my dad does it this way. So why aren't you doing it this way? You know, and, and it's, 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 it's things that I need to work on, but I say all that to say that Elder Rook was such an amazing pastor and he was more like a grandfather than he was. And I love my grandfather. I had a great relationship with my grandfather. By the way, my grandfather has, has been with the Lord for four years now, which is just like so wild to me. I can't believe it's been four years. So it's like a lot is going on this week. So lost a, 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 an amazing, an amazing, an amazing, an amazing, an amazing spiritual authority over myself who recognized an anointing over my life at such a young age. I mean, I found a photo of me, um, like embracing him. I think I'm, I don't even know how old I was. I might've been like, just based off of the, based off of the fashions, based off of the awful outfit I had on, I'm thinking that it may have been like right before middle school, right in middle school. I was very little too. And this man recognized an anointing that I had that young and, and celebrated me and, just, it's just, I don't even know how to, I, I used to get so annoyed. I'd be like, why is Elder Rourke, if you guys don't know, if you've, this is your first episode here, I, I sing a little. God has blessed me with a little bit of a singing voice. And I don't, I'm not as open about it as I, as I was as a kid. I used to sing all the time. But there were times where Elder Rourke would bring me on, bring, call me up to sing for him and like for the church. And I didn't like it. <laughs> I was like, why does he always call me? Like, I don't want to do it. And I feel like sometimes it's how we are. With, with our calling and with our anointing with God. God will call us to do stuff. And we'll be like, why do you want me to do it, God? You got all these other people here. All these other people can do what you want them, what you, you, you know, I'm not the only one. And it was the same thing, like, as far as how it was with Elder Rook. I didn't realize at the time that it was, like, almost training or almost, like, it was good for me to, it, it was just a blessing, that he saw something in a child in a church where typically mostly older people, uh, more mature people are are the ones who do a lot of the ministry. You know, they're more they're the more front facing people like you learn as a child and as a teenager. And you might have one Sunday where you're able to do something, but it's a much more mature led church. And the fact that he opened that door and allowed me to do, um, you know, what God has 
anointed me to do is just like wild and I didn't know how wild it was then and I'm so thankful because it just it gave me confidence and it made me be able to do like I used to sing a lot in school I was a a part of a performing arts program a magnet program I've you know at my when I was at a church in New York that I loved I did a lot of I, I dealt with fear but I I kind of always have been front facing in ministry and front facing in in kind of a how do you call it like singing or hosting or doing what I'm doing now I've always done things like this it's never it's never not like a a a thing that I'm afraid to do it's just something I've always done my mom's a a worship leader my grandma was a pianist my and a choir director my grandpa played instruments and and led choirs and led songs like it's just a part that's on my mom's side on my dad's side everybody can sing on my dad's side like everybody can sing on my mom's side like it's just a part of who I am and it's just, it's just, it's just a lot to think about. So I dealt with that on Saturday and, and I just want to lift up in prayer the, the Rourke family. Um, they are everything to me. His, one of, um, Elder Rook's granddaughters, Punkin, shout out to Punkin is like, was, was, you know, is still one of my closest friends growing up and, and Michelle, um, who lives in Florida. This just, I grew up with them and they're just a lovely family and I love them so much. I send all my prayers and my love out to the Rourke family and the Church of God by Faith family. It's just, I'm so proud to have grown up in such a rich culture and such a rich and talented and lovely church. And I'm just so thankful and I just send blessings that way. Um, yeah, so... Sunday was Resurrection Sunday. Phenomenal. Just phenomenal day. I'm not going to spend too much time talking about it, but church was insane. If you want to listen, I mean, I really recommend every single human listens to this. Um, My church is Fearless LA. And please look it up on YouTube or on any, any kind of social media or Google. And please just listen to pastor our pastor jeremy sermon it was just it was insane so 100 would recommend that church was insane it was just like unreal then after that went with um went to an easter dinner with a lovely woman who is in my bible study group shout out to x18 and it was just an answered prayer last year i spent easter in a hotel and I watched the verses. It was like a Isley Brothers, I believe, versus Earth, Wind, and Fire. And 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 I believe um, uh, DMX had, had passed. And we found out during the service, I think. And it was just really, it was just a really, I was just really lonely and really sad. And it, it just, uh, a lot can happen in a year. I had one of the best Easter's. I had some good food. I was with great people. And we watched the Mary Mary versus BB and CC Winans verses on YouTube. 10 out of 10 would recommend that. We were all singing like a really funny choir. It was just, it reminded me of my family because my family is very loud and and very musical. So it was just like, I felt like I was with my family, but in LA, it was just wild. And that was such a beautiful, just a beautiful time. And I'm just so incredibly thankful and grateful. And God is so good. So let's get into today's episode. Okay, so when I was talking with the Lord about what we should talk about today, I was just thinking, I was like, well, there seems to be a general theme in the conversations that I've been having this week. 
And it's so interesting because I feel like people that either preach or just kind of do what I'm doing, you know, have a podcast and talk about different things going on. We kind of go through sometimes what we're talking about. So it's so funny because I knew in the back of my mind that I was going to talk about this. But then like, I'm like, oh, but wait. And it's so funny because the reason I'm in the reason that I took a nap is because there's something going on right now in my life. And I'm like, I'm trying not to be anxious about this like I'm literally tap I'm literally shaking my foot while I'm talking about this because I feel it in my body but I'm like doing my best not to be anxious but my body is so used to being anxious and fearful of things that it's like it's like it's like try it's it's really resisting what it's not used to okay so I took a nap because I'm like you know what this is the best way for me not to think about it (laughs) and I don't normally do this I don't normally like check out like I I'm pretty present in my life, right? And I and I'm sober, so I can't really I could, but I don't. I don't really fall to alcohol or drugs or many of the old habits, praise God, because I mean that don't mean I don't think about them. That don't mean I don't think about it's 420 today. Like I was like, man. <laughs> wow. It would be really and I know like it's for a big holiday out here. I'm like, anywhere I go, there could be a fun surprise for Mary Jane. So it's not like I don't um, miss those things or think about those things. I just have to choose to resist them. It's a fun life, right? So I, I was like, you know what? This is the best way for me to like, you know, it's like, it makes me think of that scripture or not even a scripture. Girl, it's not a scripture. It's a saying. It's like, go, like, leave it to God and go to bed. And I was like, perfect. Leave it to God and go to bed. And it's it's so the I'm gonna talk about fear today. I'm gonna talk about fear and anxiety today. And I wanna let y'all know that I'm not pointing my finger. I'm not judging at all. I'm I'm calling myself out when I'm being serious and I'm letting y'all know this. I'm I'm speaking and preaching to myself. So I just wanna let you know that. But I I wanna I wanna take you through this journey with me. So I was organizing some things and I found an old journal and I've always loved to journal. I've always loved to write. I mean, I talk, so you would think that I would be (laughs) a fan of writing, but I was looking through an old journal and this is a very, very transparent, very, very private moment. So God bless you for being here because I don't, I, this is something I wouldn't normally share, but I looked through this journal and it was very interesting because I was reading through a very interesting time in my life and I I, I've noticed I I tend to like to go to go down a hole of the things that I used to post and the things that I used to say because I'm so different from who I used to be but yet I'm still the same at the core of my being and it's so interesting because I remember saying at one point I fully stopped believing in God and became an atheist but what I found out was I never actually fully stopped believing in God. I just was, um, I don't know. I think I was like upset with God slash I was losing hope. I was losing hope. I was, I was depressed. I was in a bad situation and I was losing hope. And I was reading through this, this journal from several years ago and I wasn't attending a church, but there was still some hope there. And I was reading and I was saying, I'm leaving it in God's hands and I have faith that this is going to happen and 
and this is important. Spirituality is important to me. And I was like, wow. And I found a list. I, I was at a turning point in a relationship. And like I do when I'm in a turning point in a situation, I make a list because I'm a list maker. I wonder what Enneagram I am. Can you guys guess what Enneagram I am? I don't know. I need to take it. But if anybody has an idea of what Enneagram I am, please hit me up and let me know because I would love to know. But so I, so I made a list and on the one side was what I want and it was like, it was like four, it was four categories. I was really going through it y'all. So I made an, I made like a extra credit list. Like this was doing the most. I made a list of what I want in a relationship and what I need in a relationship and the things that I did not like about my partner at the time and the things that I did like. And what I want was a very long list. (laughs) And what I need was about a handful, about a dozen, maybe less than a dozen, half a dozen things. I was like, wow, I don't really need that much. I'm just, life is very simple, simple kind of girl over here. And then I made the list of what I don't like about my partner. And the list was extensive. And these weren't like his feet stank, snores. It was like very pivotal things that I have always said were non-negotiables. And just to cap that off, the things that I did like about my partner were essentially something could happen in the future. They could do this in the future. I don't want to miss out. What if I lose a good person? What if they change? The reason that kept me in that relationship was the fear that I wouldn't find somebody better or if leaving my partner, then I would be missing out. So it was like FOMO. I had a FOMO a moment and it's just the 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 underlying theme of of the reason why I stayed in a relationship that I knew was beneath me was because of fear. So I want to talk about fear. Okay? So I'm like, you know what? Fear. We hear this word all the time. It's it's a very prevalent thing. We talk about fear, we talk about anxiety, we talk about depression. What exactly is fear, okay? And, you know, I went to my homegirl, Merriam-Webster. That is my girl, okay? She's my go-to. She's the reference. She is the uh, the source of my inf- information because we be saying words and don't even know what they meaning, okay? So let's look at what Miss Merriam-Webster has to say. Fear is an unpleasant, often strong emotion caused by awareness of danger. Wow. And it is also anxious concern. Now, what does anxious mean? Oh, I had to look her up too because we hear anxiety, anxious, anxiety all the time. What does anxious mean? Anxious. And when we look up these words, don't look up words, y'all. I mean, just like, because you're going to get the meaning of it and it's going to make you feel away because you're just like, oh, that's why I'm motivated by these things. This is why I feel this way. What is anxious? Anxiety? Anxiety or anxious or the meaning of anxious is extreme uneasiness or mind uh, or brooding fear ab- about some contingency. And a contingency is an event such as an emergency. So it's anxiety is fear. So when people have anxiety disorders like I was diagnosed with, 
anxiety and anxiety disorder is just basically a fear an extreme fear it's fear to the next level so so all these folks out here on anxiety meds and having saying i'm anxious i have an anxiety attack it's folks walking around here with extreme fears okay and this is no shade because let me tell you something i was diagnosed with one i lived my life this way i was on medication for anxiety so listen if anybody understands if anybody understands an extreme uneasiness it's your girl. I used to be scared of everything. I would let fear dictate my life. And we're going to get into that. So I looked up the meaning of fear, um, the psychological meaning, because that, you know, that is the, that we, we got the, we got the, the, the word version, but what is the mind, the nerd, <laughs> the psychological definition of fear? According to psychological psychology today, the the definition of fear is a vital response to physical and emotional danger that has been vital throughout human evolution. Okay. And it's so interesting. Okay. It's like, why, like, what is fear? Why do we fear? Okay. So fear essentially allows us to protect ourselves from a legitimate threat. And it's what kept our ancestors alive. Okay. Now I read an article about why we fear and according to the article, some studies say that our fears may be genetic. And I can almost I can honestly believe that because they they say that um that our our trauma is encoded through our DNA and trauma is often right is what causes a lot of fears. So like for instance, uh, our ancestors, like my grandparents' age, may be afraid of dogs because dogs were stuck on them when they were just minding their own black business during the civil rights era. So you may grow up and be afraid of dogs because of the fear that has gone through your parents' body. You know what I'm saying? That that's a memory. That's a memory code. We are like our coding is who our parents why do you think i just i just said oh my entire family on both sides can is musical and creative i'm musical and creative you know what i'm saying it's not we don't just get we don't just get our eye color and our hair color and our medical conditions and abilities from our family we get some of their fears and their trauma it's encoded in our bodies we didn't ask for it but we get it isn't that fun <laughs> But, and there are some folks that are afraid of water because who knows what their ancestors that they never even met had to go through, had to, had to, what was the, what was the the trauma with water? Okay. And so there was a review with 4,000 studies that concluded, this is an article by Dr. Seth Gilham that says that genetic differences in individual experiences influence our traumas and I believe that fully I believe that fully and it says like things like being raised by overprotective or helicopter parents or trauma like losing a parent or physical abuse um they influence us and like overbearing parents overbearing parents are are afraid project their fears on their children and their children learn to fear certain things and even ask for but because their parents make certain things a threat and and make them afraid that they live their lives living out that fear as well. It's like a video that I saw on Instagram. It was a woman who 
and people like freaked out about this video it was like very 50 50 some people into this some, some people not into this i wish i could share it like through here i wish i could find it but a woman threw her baby i mean like her maybe like four month maybe like four to six month baby into the pool like just threw the baby in the pool and the baby floated and floated back up to the top and i and i remember looking at this video like is this woman crazy call cps like what call defects is what is you doing sis and i was but i'm like the baby didn't the baby floated and i'm like wait a minute because i've been watching a lot of i've been i have a friend i have friends that are midwives and i've been watching a lot of their amazing content and a lot of what these midwives are saying and i've seen these actual live births of people having their children in their tub or in like a like a uh you know like a inflatable pool and the baby shoots out and the baby just sits under the water for a second and bobs up like a bobbing apple <laughs> it's because the baby is in liquid the baby is in water in that's why you, your water breaks the baby is in liquid in your stomach so they innately know how to swim that they are they know how to float and they can breathe underwater that's how they're able to survive inside of your stomach so the reason why the mother threw her baby in the pool was to activate the baby's response the innate the, the innate how do you say um oh my gosh this and I guess you can say innate the innate response to survive to breathe underwater and I was reading the comments a lot of people were very upset and saying that that was abusive but what I was hearing from people that I don't know if they know what they're talking about but I could see what they're saying they're saying hey parents are doing this to trigger the child to be comfortable in this situation so that if something happened an emergency happened and they were to fall into a body of water they wouldn't freak out and drown because if any of you have ever been in an emergency situation the worst thing that you can do when you're in an emergency is freak out it will just completely it will it will mess you up so what they're doing is they're getting their children used to water so that they don't freak out and they, that way they can survive because they they're not afraid of it they don't see it as a threat they see it as oh i can float so I've seen a lot of parents say, oh, or a lot of kids say, oh yeah, my parents, I learned how to swim by my parents throwing me into a pool. And I honestly think that's a great idea instead of like being, oh no, 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 I don't want my kid to, I don't want my kid to, to, to hurt themselves. So I'm just never going to bring them. I'm never going to show them how to swim. If, like, uh, like that's very true of parents being afraid of something and not allowing their kid to do it because they're too scared. And that's no shade on parents because parenting is a very hard job. And I don't want to ever shade a parent because most parents do the best that they can with what they have. And I respect parents and I wish all parents the best. But it just, I thought that was a very interesting concept. And I think that it needs to be, it's something that I would like to, if God ever allowed me to be a parent, I want to make that kind of a a, a mantra for, for parenting. Don't scare, don't, you know, don't allow life to be scary for your child allow your child to experience things and you know protect them when you can but some things you're just gonna have to experience and have you know and just go through it and be and know that you're gonna be okay right so so it says um in this article that studies show that um basically of babies studies show that babies do not appear to show signs of fear until eight to 12 months of age they're less likely to show a fear of strangers when they're sitting on a parent's lap so when a child feels protected by their parent, 
they don't feel as fearful of of new stimuli. And it just kind of made me think of our relationship with God and how when we have God, when we're when we realize that we are protected by the most high God, when we realize that that the Lord is 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 here to protect us, that we have angels assigned to us to protect us from all danger, we aren't gonna be afraid. We aren't gonna be afraid. When I fully committed my life to God again last year, last June, it healed my it healed my my depression and anxiety. I used to have a huge fear of dying. And there was a point when I became a Christian again, I was like, God, please kill me. <laughs> I would be like, God, um, if you're ready to take me, I'm ready to go. Because you know what? This is the world that's ghetto. And this is whack. Like, I actually would be like, God, please just do what you got to do. I w- I, and when I say, like, I'm not afraid of anything, like, I'm not afraid of anything. Because I know, like, th- there must have been an underlying fear of death. Because I probably knew that I wasn't going to go to be with God. Because I was f- flip-flopping. I was like, well, I want to trust God, but I want to get drunk. I want to trust God, but I want to have premarital sex. Oh, but I love God, but I don't want to follow what he said. Oh, I love God so much, but he told me not to do that, but I'm going to do it anyways. So I think I had this anxiety, just like this, this spiritual anxiety of, of dying because, and, and, and being anxious because I knew that I wasn't at right standing with God. So now that I know that I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lord and I'm being obedient, that I'm good. So I that I used to have a fear. Like, girl, let me tell you something. I had so many fears, y'all. I had so many fears. Now I'm just like, okay, we out here. And this is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Truly, truly knowing that the Lord loves us and that has a plan for us and that he will work everything out for our good, it really changes, man. It really changes you. It puts a pep in your step. Okay. And I feel like, so why, so why is, so why is fear just such a big thing for us? You know, in my mind, these are just my opinions. In my mind, I feel like fear and anxiety are normalized. I, I just truly, I truly believe it's just a part of our culture. And I can't speak for any other culture, but American culture, because I'm an American. I just feel like it's a big part of our culture. I feel like society elevates the status quo and anything that makes us stand out or, or different or anything that's different, we, we're suppressed to fit in. You know, I feel like a lot of the times we're afraid to be different because we're only shown one body type, one skin color, one hair texture, one way of dressing, one uh one economic level. We're only shown one thing all the time, able-bodied, all these things so that when people that don't have those things I can speak, I can speak for, and I think anybody that may be an immigrant or not white, I can speak for people that are not white and say that when you are an other, when you're not the status quo, you want to do your best to fit in. And there's an underlying anxiety that if the, if, if you're, if the, if the camera zoomed in on you, they're going to, they're going to notice the difference. They're going to say, wait a minute, 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 like that TikTok. They're going to be like, you're different. A lot of us truly, and I'm going to just be honest with you, and you can call me out if you disagree. A lot of us that are uh, ethnic, a lot of us that are non-white, we try our best to pass. We straighten our hair. We, you know, we we wear the clothes. We do everything that we can to just fit in because of a fear of being othered, of being different. But actually, that's what makes us... <laughs> the Lord is working on me, y'all. <laughs> Ooh, I'm not editing that out, but ooh, Jesus, y'all... Y'all almost caught me slipping. That's what makes us unique. We all cannot be the same. So there is a fear of, I just like, 
what was that show? There's a show I remember watching. I can't remember what it is, but somebody was, I believe from, uh, they were South East, Southeastern Asian and they had their, their, their white classmate brought like a bologna sandwich and macaroni and cheese. And they brought like a phenomenal, phenomenal, like fully packed meal. And they were a little nervous about it because it like, it, it kind of had a different smell. And their, their, their friend was like, what is that? It smells. And what is that? And that, let me tell you something. That food looks so good. That food looks so good, sis. But they were like afraid of it because it made them different and it drawed attention to them and they didn't like it. So I just, I truly feel like fear, fear is normalized and anxiety is normalized in our society because we all want to blend in and be one big beige blob. But, but we got to understand that all of the colors make us all different, right? And I think parents and uh, parents over parent, like I said before, and protect their fears and traumas on their children, especially if you're an immigrant parent, immigrant parents and, 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 immigrant and I'm just saying my parents aren't immigrants but I've seen this immigrant parents project on their children that like they have to be the president of the United States or they're not successful or they're just I I immigrated to this country for nothing and I can't speak to that experience maybe y'all can if you're an immigrant if your parents if you're first generation I'm you know I have some friends here that are first generation college students and they're like, there's so much pressure from our home, our home country to, to be this, that, and the other because our parents did all this work for us to be here. So we feel like we have to be X, Y, Z. Are they happy? I don't know. You're going to have to ask them. It reminds me of Wendy on, um, what's her, on Housewives of, of, um, oh my gosh, Potomac. She was saying like she wasn't happy in her career, but she had to do it because she had to be, had to get 27 degrees because that's what made her mom happy. Is she happy? She said no, but that's just what you do. That's a part of the culture, right? So another way, marketing and politics and the medical industry capitalize off of your fear. What's in one way that they do that? Trump's campaign against Mexicans. I know I'm not talking political, but I remember, I remember very, very specifically, Trump going off about Mexicans saying they're 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 touching the women, they're doing the thing, they're da 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 da. He's saying all these things against Mexicans. Completely irresponsible, completely untrue, completely not appropriate. But he said it, and that is what caused some people to vote for him off of that fear. Off of that fear. That's why some people don't like people talking about anti-racism and uh, critical race theory. I have a family member who is an educator or you know in the education uh, sector and he's getting really angry emails from parents because they don't want their children to be called racist, but their children aren't racist. They're just teaching their, their, it's got, you gotta be aware of these things so that we don't repeat history, but they're afraid that their children are being taught something or they're afraid of, of what this looks like when they learn about the things that their ancestors did. And I was just saying to somebody, some people are reacting to our, to our, to all of this all of these facts coming out about society, about how racist society is because they feel like their bottom line is going to be attacked. Well, if we do this, then my bottom line is going to be attacked and I'm not going to make money. And how dare you call me a racist? I've, I've nothing's been given to me. Nothing's been, they're afraid that their things are going to be taken away from them. So that causes a lot of the hatred and a lot of the voting and just, it's, it's a, it's a vicious cycle and I'm not going to get into it, but that that's just, that's one way. Um, I remember as a kid watching those horrible, mortifying ADT commercials. Y'all know what ADT is? It's like a, this is not an ad. So I'm just, I mean, it's even, is it even a company anymore so like I don't even care um 
they would show a, a video of like a mom and a kid and a dad in bed and like somebody's breaking into their house and they're like do you want this to be you well if you don't then call us for our security system and i'm just like that is so mortifying fear is often used to sell products do you want to do you want to be like you don't want to be like this well then get this car they do it to sell cars they do it to sell homes they do it to sell anything fear is definite emotions are huge in marketing i studied marketing um marketing loves to loves to capitalize off of your emotion especially your insecure emotions and your negative emotions okay oh my gosh selling medication if you do you want to do you want your freaking butt to explode then you (laughs) then get on this preventative medication okay do you want to not i listen fear is is you being used by the very people that we praise to make us do things that we do not want to do that probably aren't for our best interest medically. Things that have not been properly researched and properly tested. I'm just saying some people have been... Fear is 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 huge and our government does the same thing, okay? You know, you know? And another thing, I've been in the beauty industry for seven years. Fear... The fear of aging. Companies capitalize off the fear of aging. So they sell you unnecessarily expensive products that probably don't do anything. Okay? And they sell you plastic surgery. I worked for a plastic surgeon. The fear of aging. Oh, you want to... I have a couple lines around my face. I have one little freaking dot on my cheek. Oh my gosh, we could... You want to be more... We got you $75,000 later. And they didn't take any kind of insurance or anything. People would just write checks for $75,000 so that they could get a facelift or get whatever because of the fear of aging. Aging is a normal process. Imagine what people could do with that money instead of but, you know, do what you want with your money. I'm just saying as a person who's worked for a plastic surgeon, they capitalize off of your fear of aging. That's how my boss got to live in a freaking million dollar home. And if you're OK with that, that's how that's how that's how they were able to to, to live in a million dollar home and 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 be millionaires because of because you're insecure about what your body naturally does. That's how our society runs. That's how people make it rich. And if that's what you're into, you know, more power to you, love. More power to you, love. Okay, here's another another reason why fear is so whack. Um, fear is damaging to our physical, spiritual, and mental health. Okay, and since we're we're here and we love to talk about physical, mental, and spiritual health, all right. Let me tell you how um, fear damages our men- our physical health. There's an article by Northwestern Medicine that says stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline are released when you're fear or anxious. Your blood pressure and heart rate increase. And your blood flow changes, which le- which leads to high blood pressure, which is a major problem in the in the black community, and it kills people. And your body prepares for fight or flight. And as somebody who went through a traumatic season of their life, my cortisol kept rising, and it was making me very sick. It was in my um my adrenal my adrenal glands were. All like it made it made my body all mess up, and I had a friend who was go- had gone through some trauma as well. Some trauma was resurfacing in her life, and she had to take like adrenal. I don't even know what it's called, like adrenal something, or she had to take cortisol, or she had to add something. She had to add a hormone to her body because she was in such stress that her adrenal adrenal 
glands, I think it's called, her adrenal and her cortisol levels were like so high and it kept causing problems with her menstruation and her reproductive system and her just like her whole body was like in shock. And sometimes, you know, a lot of every time when we go through trauma, it it does mess up our body. It just shakes our body up a bit. But and, and sometimes when we're triggered by trauma, our body goes into a fight or flight mode. And I mean, there was a time where I was living off of, off of adrenaline because of a trauma. And it really, I mean, I'm still healing through my body, through what happened to me, but I had to choose to get to that place of mindfulness and learn how to, instead of drinking it away or smoking it away or any other kind of way where I damaged myself, I had to learn how to be mindful, breathe, exercise, take a nap, breathing, uh, you know, meditate, d- different things that I had to learn healthier ways, go to therapy, I had to learn healthy- healthier ways and just realize when my body was in shock and my body was freaking out. Because a lot of times we can't control the trauma, right? The trauma comes, the trigger comes, but we can respond, we can choose sometimes how we respond in the end. So fear makes our, fear is not a normal, um, it's not a normal thing for our bodies. Our bodies go through a, a change and it, and it makes us on high alert. It makes us very hyper vigilant, which is not the way that our bodies should be, should be operating. Our bodies should be stable. We should be stable, stable blood pressure, stable, stable blood flow, heart rate. We shouldn't be at a state like a, like a, like a, there's a thing called a resting heart rate. Our heart shouldn't be, unless you're like got butterflies for your boo or something. But other than that, our body should be stable or you're, you're showing your body that this is normal and it's going to receive that as normal. And that cannot be good. Okay. So another way that, um, fear is, is a hindrance towards us. It, it, It definitely does damage to our mental health when the when the part of your brain that harnesses uh reasoning and judgment which is the amygdala um when the part of your brain that harnesses reasoning and judgment senses fear um it becomes impaired so it becomes difficult to make decisions i just had a conversation with somebody this week and they were like yeah man fear they were they had some fears and he's like and i'm like and he's telling me what it is and i'm like that's not gonna happen that's like there's like a little one percent chance that that would happen he goes yeah i know fear is irrational and i'm like oh you know that (laughs) he's quite brilliant so of course he would know that but it, it it's truly true like it's true like fear makes us irrational um that's why we make dumb decisions when we're afraid so i'm i'm looking i'm looking as i'm looking through this journal of all the things that that was going on in this relationship and i'm like you don't, you don't got a job. You don't got an education. You don't got a, you don't got a car. You don't have any dreams. You don't have, you don't have your mental health in check. You're, you're awful. You're, you're not clean. Like I'm just going through the list and because of my fear of what could happen if I left or my fear that I wouldn't be able to find anybody else, I stayed with a broke, hmm. <laughs> I stayed with somebody that I shouldn't have been with. We make stupid decisions when we're afraid. So when people are feeding you, you need to do this or you'll do this. Don't allow people to bully you like that. Make an informed decision for yourself. Research. Don't allow anybody to 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 make you fearful. There's nothing that we should be fearful of. 
when there don't get yourself don't because of fear don't get yourself into a situation that you can't get yourself out of and you look back like why would i do that when there's not enough information research things if a, if a doctor is telling you, okay, well, we're going to go ahead and do this procedure. And you're like, I don't, I'm scared. I don't want to die. Research the procedure. Get a second opinion. Don't allow the fear of what you're going to, to make a decision. Because according to Northwestern Medicine, according to a really well-known, respected institution, when you are afraid of something, your brain is not able to make decisions. Your brain is impaired. You might as well be drunk. So when you're fearful, you might as well be drunk making decisions for your life. And I mean, as a person who's made decisions while drunk, I would not recommend that. I've made a lot of decisions drunk. I would not re- recommend that. I would, If you can't drive a car when you're drunk, why, why would you be able to make decisions when your brain is impaired? It makes no sense to me. But we do it all the time, right? We do it all the time. Okay. And lastly, spiritually, what does fear do to us spiritually? Well, um, if, if Hebrews 11, six says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Um, what is faith? Okay. Mm, The substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. Let's read it in another version because that's super Christianese. New heart English Bible says now faith is being confident of what we hope for. Okay. And Con- being convinced of things we do not see. So faith is the opposite of fear. So fear is not pleasing to God. So when we fear, we are not pleasing God. Now, I don't know about you, but that is mortifying. I don't want to not please God. I want to be on God's best side because not only do I fear God in like a way like reverent respect, I fear God in like I'm a scared. Like I'm scared of God. Like I don't want God to be like to get upset. You know what I'm saying? Like when we are fearful, we are slapping God in the face. That's that's really what it is. Our our fears are a big just just walk up to God, just go to heaven. Go ask an angel to bring you up to the stairway to heaven. You go up there and you finally see God's face and you slap him. That's what fear is. That's what fear is. And it's like, from like just rhetorical question. Do we fear that when we're walking, we're going to suddenly float up towards the sky? Hmm. No, because we have what? Gravity. But can we physically see gravity? No, but we know that the, that the earth's atmosphere, we aren't going anywhere. So we walk confident, confidently, but guess what? God is like gravity. We can't physically see him, but we know he's going to hold us down. Okay. So why would we fear when we know that God has got us? His word gives us hundreds of promises of him coming through for us, providing for us, looking out for us, never leaving us, loving on us, doing everything for us, making miracles happen, making a way through the wilderness, making a way through the uh, through the Red Sea, killing our enemies, disabling our enemies, all these things, but we still do it. So we're, 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 we openly, we, um, we, what's the word? We choose to do something that God doesn't like. That's a sin. That is a sin. That's like unbelief. Unbelief? Unbelief is a sin because you're basically telling God he's a liar and God is not a liar. So fear is a lot worse. It's actually a lot more damaging to our relationship with God than it is. Okay? Hmm. Wild. So, so, so you're like, well, you don't know my life. You don't know what I've been through. <laughs> 
I don't, but like, trust me, I've been through my own situations and all of them God has come through. So, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Ask me a situation. Tell me your problem. Come on now. I have time. I opened up my, my inbox. Tell me your problem and I'm going to tell you how God going to come through for you. I don't know how he's going to come through for you, but I can tell you a scripture or I can tell you a comparison story in my life of how God either came through for me or used it for my good because he said that he'll work all things for your good. Even the annoying things, even the things that suck. He said he's going to work it for your good. Okay? So... Why would I be afraid? Okay, why why should, why are we afraid? Because um, I got some reasons why we can't be why we shouldn't be afraid. Romans eight thirty seven says, "Overwhelming victory is our is ours through Christ Jesus, who loved us." Okay, it is God. If God is for us, who can be against us? Okay, Isaiah forty one ten, which I definitely one hundred thousand percent, really 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 suggest that you pray over yourself day and night. Isaiah forty one ten says, "Fear not." That we should just end the show right there. That is a commandment from God, not only to love your brother, love your neighbor as yourself, to not kill, to not steal, to not covet, to not be an adulterer. God says, Fear not. Don't fear. Don't you fear, for I am with you. Don't be dismayed, for I am your God. I will give you strength, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Okay? Don't worry about your enemies. They will be taken care of. That's like 15 promises right there. Okay. Second Timothy 1 7 says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. So I will say this: fear is a demonic spirit. It is not of Christ. So when you are going through fear, you need to rebuke it in the name of Jesus and loose courage and strength when you rebuke something you're saying no more you're pushing it away you're saying i don't want this anymore and then when you loose you send it you listen you, when you rebuke something you send it back to the to, to the to the you're it's a return to sender so you send the fear back to the enemy to the pit of hell to the abyss and then you loose what you say lord in your storehouse in your abundance of all things will you rain down this thing that i need which is courage which is uh uh which is faith which is belief which is trust so rebuke fear in the mighty name of jesus plead the blood over your life Ask for forgiveness and and allow the Lord to bless you and loose what you need, okay? And I'll and I'll show you more. I'll tell you more about that, okay? First um, John, First John four eight says there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear because fear has punishment. He who fears is not made perfect in love. And I just want to like zoom in on that because. In a relationship, in that relationship, I there was a punishment. I said, well, I'm afraid that if I don't stick around, then I will be punished by, by not experiencing maybe the next elevation of this partner. But there was no fruit there. How am I going to say, oh, yeah, maybe my partner might make it one day. But how are you going to make it when you have no dream? You have no vision. You're not disciplined. You have no job. You're not trying. There's jobs being offered to you. You're not taking them. You're not capitalizing on the 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 privileges that you have in life. You're you don't have good discipline with your money. Like why why would it just irrational, irrational? And that that was the punishment. The punishment was well maybe something won't it won't work. Maybe something will happen. 
Okay, so so I'm just gonna read that again. One John four eighteen. There is no fear in love, but perfect fear casts out all. Perfect love casts out all fear because fear has punishment. He who fears is not made perfect in love. When we fear, we are showing God that we don't think that He loves us. Yeah, I mean, I didn't make it up. I didn't make it up. Okay. And and I just want to say this. I want to say this. This is the we're gonna wrap up. Maybe this means nothing to you, you know, because maybe you don't believe in God or anything. But if you have dealt with like debilitating fear and anxiety, like I have, I mean, my gosh, if you're desperate, you are willing to try just about anything. You are willing to try additional options. Like I was so sick of being in despair that even though I don't even take Advil for a headache, I'm like, you know what? I'm open to taking medication because I don't want to feel this way anymore. Right. I I tried my medication for anxiety and I hated it. And I also added in my additional unsubscribed, unprescribed medications like drugs and alcohol. Um, and they made me sick and dependent. But the only thing that worked for me was God. The only thing that worked for me. The only thing that worked for me. And it's so interesting because the Bible is so sassy sometimes. And Matthew 6, 25 says, And which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to, to his span of life? Now, I don't care if you don't know God, want nothing to do with God, you're an atheist, you're a Muslim, you're a Buddhist, you're a Taoist, you're a Sikh, I don't care. Just think about that. If you take away anything from today, know that what is fear going to what is fear doing for you? What is it doing for you? You believe in science, don't you? Fear is messing up your body and your brain and allowing you to make impaired judgment. You might as well just do a line of coke and then go plan your life (laughs) which I bet people do all the time out here in LA but I wouldn't recommend it you know what I mean (laughs) I'm just saying all right I just want to to cap this off with some scriptures that I like to pray that encourage me that help me and that truly when I was at a situation in my life where I was like you know what California is whack. These gas prices is whack. This rent prices is whack. All of this is whack. I'm going to go back to what I know. I'm going to go back to where things are easy for me. I'm going to give up. But I knew that there was a promise over my life because I continuously reminded myself. Because because um, there's a scripture that says, faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. So if you're struggling with faith, you better pick up that Bible and that Bible better be your best friend, Okay. Let me tell you something. Psalm 118.6 says, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? That's how I don't, I'm not afraid of nothing. What is man going to do to me? What are they going to do? What are they going to do? And I want to, I want to end it off with this. I want you to pray this over your life, over your family, over your career, over your marriage, over everything that, that belongs to you, everything that touches you, every, over your neighbors, over your coworkers, over your future, over your education. This right here will, it takes care of everything. It's the one-stop shop, okay? And I want to read the whole thing to you because you know what? It's been, it has worked wonders in my life. When people, if you know my story, my full story, if you know anything that I've been through, this is what has gotten me through it. You ready? Psalm 91. It says, he who dwells in the shelter of the most, he who lives in the shelter of the most high will abide in the shadow of the almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, 
for he will keep me safe from the secret traps and deadly diseases. He will spread his wings over me and keep me secure. It says you, but I read it to myself. I read it like I'm reading it to myself. You will spread your wings over me and keep me secure. Your faithfulness is like a shield or a city wall. I don't need to worry about dangers at night or arrows during the day. And I won't fear diseases that that strike in the dark or sudden disaster at noon. I will not be harmed through thousands, though thousands fall all around me. And with my own eyes, I will see the punishment of the wicked. The Lord most high is my fortress. I run to him in safety and he, and no terrible disasters will strike me or my home. Come on now. Come on now. God will command his angels. You have assigned angels, y'all. You just know that there's angels that their job is to protect you. That is what their whole entire job is to do. And they will be judged by God. If When, when we're all judged, they will be judged. And if they don't do a good job, they're going to get in trouble and they're going to go to hell. I, I believe they go to hell. I mean, where else would they go? But just so you know, you have angels that are assigned to you to protect you wherever you go. They will carry, they will carry me in my arms in their arms and I won't hurt my foot on the stones. I will overpower the strongest lions and the most deadly snakes. The Lord says, if I love you, if I love him and I truly know who he is, he will rescue me and keep me safe. What is that? The Lord says, if I love him, which if he says, if you love me, you will, you will follow my word, follow my command. Okay. If I love him and I truly know him, he will rescue me and keep me safe. When I am in trouble, I will call out to him. He will answer and be there to protect and honor me. Not just protect you, but honor you. Not we should be honoring. I mean, we need to be honoring him all the time, but he wants to honor us. Like this is unfair. <laughs> he will be there to to honor us. We will live a long time, a long life and see his saving power. That's the remedy for fear. Knowing who God is, his character, and that he's going to protect you and provide for you always. And that's all caps, no cap. Okay. Now it's crazy because we put our trust in other people. We put our trust in partners who are toxic. We put our trust in our parents who have just, they're flawed. We put our trust in stones and sage and psychics and, and, and tarot cards and Beyonce and Harry Styles and Rihanna and Rihanna's baby. We put our trust in all of that, but we struggle to, to trust God who gave us air in our very lungs, who formed us in our mother's womb, who have saved us from things that have should have taken us out, who, who God has saved you from things that you ain't never told anybody about. And yeah, you went through something that tried to take you out, but you're still here, right? And maybe you went, had you know, maybe something happened because of it, and but you're, but you got out of it, right? We give everybody credit and trust, but the one that deserves it most does not get that. They, make it make sense. And you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm rounding up. I'm, I'm ending. But I want to challenge you today because I'm feeling spicy because I took a nap. Okay, I want you. And if this is that, you know what? This you have a choice. You have a choice in life. You can be a victim or you can be a victor. If you want to be a victor, if you want to over be an overcomer, because the word says that you are more than an overcomer. Says in Romans that you are more than an overcomer. So if you want to, I'm not saying this because you're cute and you're pretty. I'm saying I'm telling you this is what the word says. So it means that it's true. But you have to decide. 
God, God has given us fruits of the spirit. One of the fruits of the spirit is, is, is love. Is, the fruits of the spirit is love, joy, peace. You want peace in your life? Peace is the opposite of fear. You want peace in your life? It's already there because God, because Jesus died on the cross and said it is finished. And he didn't say, oh, just a couple, just like three things are finished. You know, all things, it, it is finished. So if so, if you really want to experience this 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 peace in your life, you have to receive it. And how are you going to receive it when when the when the when the fear is 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 blocking it? You got to make room for it. So get out get out that fear. So how do you do it? Let me tell you something. Get a piece of paper, piece of paper and a pen. Write down your fears. Write them down. Write them down. Find a court and I, you got some homework. I want you to go on Google or go if you have one of those Bibles, those really like dope old school Bibles with like a like a like a correspondence if your fear is like um death i don't know or like just say it's death look up scriptures about death google scriptures about death there's a website called openbible.com and it's the best i used it for today i use it pretty much any episode with their scripture look up the scriptures about death okay look at what the word says about death or find a promise that answers or solves your fear okay and i want you to pray to god you're like i don't know how to pray it's very easy. It's just like talking to a friend, but there is a formula if you want to like follow it. And I follow the Lord's prayer and the Lord's prayer sets up a formula. Okay. So following the formula of the Lord's prayer, you thank God and you give them praise for who he is. If you don't know who he is, it's a great time to learn. So you learn by reading his word and spending time with him and talking to him. Okay. So first thing, thank him and give him praise for who he is. Two, repent for fear and unbelief. What is repent? It means to like ask for forgiveness and change the way that you think. So change the way that you think and say, God, I'm so sorry for not believing you and being and not and not in fear and being afraid. And then forgive those who have hurt you because God gives you forgives you in that moment. So how are you going to God? How's God going to allow you forgive you? But you're not going to forgive somebody that hurt you 10 years ago. Okay. So thank him and, and give him praise for what he for who he is. Repent for fear and unbelief. Forgive those who have hurt you because God has forgiven you. Four, pray the scripture you found back to him. And don't say like, and say like, put it like I did for Psalm 91. Read it as you yourself. So not he who dwells in the most high. I I that dwell in the most high. Like say it, like personalize it and pray it. Like God is answering it to you. And the way you want, the reason why you want to read it, his scripture back to him, because it says that, um, what's that scripture? I'm going to find it. I pray it every day. <clears throat> it says in, um, Isaiah 55, 11, So is my word that goes out from my mouth because the word is from God directly from God. John one, I think John one, John one says the word was God. The word was with God. He was in the beginning with God. The word is directly from God. Okay. So it says Isaiah 55, 11, So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty or void, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So it basically means that if you pray, God's word back to him it won't it won't return to sender it'll go to sender or it won't return to you it'll go to him and he in his and his will will accomplish what it needs to accomplish but let me tell you something you want God's will you don't want your will you want God's will because God will God's will is perfect for you so pray his word so that you are aligned with his perfect will and the best way to be aligned with his perfect will is to pray his word back to him okay so pray his word back to him. And then the next part, which I know is very hard, but I learned it literally the past two weeks, which ushered in my blessing that I did not think that was going to get. Thank God. Thank God for it. 
and live a life of confidence and praise. Thank God for it. And I learned this, you know, if you're familiar with this word, you know, we do worship when we're singing. Worship is not, worship at church, like sing, they're not singing, they're worshiping. They're giving God, they're praising God, they're thanking God, they're giving God the, the props that is due. And my pastor taught me that praise is what you do corporately. You do it together, you dance, you sing, but worship is what you do by yourself. Worship is driving in your car or listening on the on the bus or the train saying, thank you, God, for who you are. You're singing songs to God. God rejoices. There's a verse that says God rejoices um, over, over the songs. He says that he inhabits the praise of his people. God lives in your praise and worship. Thank God for what he's going to do and continuously praise God for the fact that he's going to solve your problem. And that that's how that's how you do it. That's how you do it. And I just, I want to close this out by, if you need a little bit of help, I, I want to help you. And it is, is specifically for somebody who is struggling financially. And I'm going to show you, mine is a little bit long because I'm long-winded. Obviously, we're at probably hour 15. I want to show you what this prayer looks like, okay? So we are going to do a prayer, okay? Let's do it. So if anybody that's struggling with finances, this is this is kind of like a... You don't have to do it my way. This is just a, a just a one way to do it. If you need a, a starting, like this is like a prayer starter kit, right? So let's just. This is how I would pray to God if I was struggling with um, my finances, right? So you say, "Thank you, God, for this moment. Thank you, God, for being the Most High. You are good, and there is no bad in you. Um, you are like Psalm one hundred three eight says, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. You are my provider." Jehovah Jireh. Lord, I repent for unbelief and fear because your word says you have not given me a spirit of fear, but you have given me love and a sound mind. Lord, I forgive my enemies and I bless them in Jesus name. Thank you for redeeming me. Thank you for your blood that that cleanses my sin. Thank you that your word says that you will provide all my needs, that you will give me the desires of my heart. I thank you that your word says that I should be anxious for nothing, but with prayer and supplications, I make my request known. I'm coming to you, Father, boldly, and I'm thanking you for a breakthrough in my finances. I am believing that I will be debt-free because your word says to owe no man anything. And your word also says in Matthew 19, or Matthew 19, 26, it says that with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Um, I believe you can do it with faith and no fear. Thank you, God, that it is finished. In Jesus' name, I pray this in your son's Jesus' name. Amen. And that's it. That's how you live a life of, of faith and not fear. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's a cakewalk. It's a piece of cake. But when you know who the Lord is, when you have a foundation of scripture, when you know, when you spend time with the Lord and you can see his character and you can see the things that he's done in your life, you have no, you have no choice but to trust him. He has no, he has no choice but to do, to to slay. He has no choice but to do what he make it do, right? So I want to encourage you all. And I'm not, this is not me pointing the finger. This is not me judging you. Trust me. Trust me, I know what it's like to, to live a fearful life. I'm, I, I've been saying to people, I'm living out my dream as a 17-year-old. And I'm going to start sharing more about that later. But in, in some aspect of my life, I'm living out my, seven, my dream as a 17-year-old. It took 17 years for it to happen because of the fears 
that I had, but God is faithful and God will answer a prayer from when you are 17 years old. That is how faithful God is. If I would have just trusted him all these years, I could have kind of prolonged. I could have like already been where I am now, but it's God, but God is so, God is so good that he's like, he's not mad. He's like, you know what? It's okay. We'll take the, the, we'll, we'll, we'll make it there when we make it there. It's okay. It, God knew that this was going to happen in this time. And I'm very glad that things are happening now because I'm able to receive as I would have not been able to receive when I was 17. Um, maybe if I would have, if I would have had a good relationship with God, but that's okay. Nothing can stop the will of God, but you, <laughs> but you, I'm so thankful that you decided to join me today. I really, truly want to hear what God is doing in your life. And I want to let you know that I'm here for you. So if you need anything, if you want me to pray for you, if you want me to encourage you, if you want me to send you some scripture, feel free to follow me or hit me up. You can email me at Adri at askaudaciousadri.com. You can hit me up on IG askaudacious at audaciousadrishow. Um, you can hit me up on Twitter at audaciousadri. And if you want to look at some videos I've made at audaciousadri on YouTube. And if you want unlimited amazing extra bonus incredible content become a patron at patreon.com slash audacious adri show and i want to leave you with a blessing may the god of hope fill you with all peace and joy in believing so that by the power of the holy spirit you may abound in hope now that is romans 1513 thank you so much for coming to the audacious adri show i love you so much and i will talk to you soon